It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Nick Verzellini and Colin McLaughlin. It is Monday, October 16th, 2023 on the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, and Dylan Colin McLaughlin and Dylan Bishop on the show today. Big show today. How are you guys doing? Good weekend. It was a good weekend. A lot of exciting stuff. Our team's stuff. won. Yeah. Not used to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall, not too, not too bad. I'm feeling good coming into this week, coming off of the weekend, and going into what should be another fun week. I like Dylan with the positive mindset heading into this week. That's always good. This segment brought to you by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Field and Sons, family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Dylan didn't get the blue memo today. Well, he was supposed to wear a different shade of blue. Well, I'm, I have the TV 10 shirt on, Nick, because we were here. TV 10. Yeah. And it's my work shirt. Did you guys hear the, the big that... news, though? The T-Swift and, and Kelsey may be done? I did not. I saw I saw a rumor that they oh, might, no. that they didn't leave the stadium together. I was not ready for war. I saw quite this the opposite. I was seeing oh, the man. first official pictures of them holding hands. Oh, well then, good. I'm glad that whatever I saw is just false advertising. <laughs> There's a lot of people out there trying to spread rumors around, yeah. trying to talk dirty on Travis Kelsey's name, trying to get him, trying to get Taylor Swift to break up with him. Yeah, that's because they want another album. Exactly. But this might be the end if this is the one, or she might start singing happy songs. Hmm. Yeah, what's going to happen when Taylor Swift gets married? If it's to Travis Kelsey, first of all, that'd be wild. Second of all, the music. What yeah. happens? It's going to have to be a change in style, I feel like. Yeah. But would the Swifties still like it? Well, they have to, right? Yeah, they're Swifties. Yeah, they're, they're not going to just be like, it. oh, I'm done. These are all important things to find out. Colin, are you going to get your uh, friend on? Talk about... I tried to. Uh, he was involved in the Thursday night coverage of the Kansas City game, and he was actually running the replay of taylor swift reactions yeah that so, would be interesting stuff i i asked him uh he was traveling though back okay. home so he wasn't available then i don't know if he'll be available this week i might reach out to him again but we do know unfortunately al michaels not a swifty yeah that is unfortunate yeah i don't know if we should expose him like that though well too late i already <laughs> did don't need to go into detail that's true. We don't need to explain why. We're not the only one reporting that, but yeah. we can confirm that if anybody else was reporting it, it's true. Al Michaels is not a Swifty. Wow. I mean, you Swift. can hear it here on America's number one Taylor Swift sports radio show. Not just America, the world. Don't true. We? Exactly. Number one in America means number one in the world, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's get into some high school football, though. It was a wild weekend. Had a few upsets, uh, starting off with hurricane upsetting number one cabell midland number 10 parkersburg south upset number four morgantown but locally which one do you want to start with nick i feel like we should talk about the game that we uh, had on the air first and then we can jump into 
the other EPAC games. But uh, Berkeley Springs taking on Hampshire. It was an interesting game, especially early. There was a lot of points put up. It was kind of what we expected heading in. We we figured uh, Hampshire would probably get the win considering Berkeley Springs has been winless this year. But we did think both teams could put up some points like they have in the past. And we saw that early. So it was, it was I think, a fun game. Um, even though it wasn't particularly close toward the end. Uh, Hampshire made some good plays. Um, I feel like though this Berkeley Springs team, even though they're winless, they do have some bright spots on their team. I think their quarterback is solid. So um, just, you know, too many turnovers for them in the end and too many penalties it felt like. But uh, good win for Hampshire. They're now, you know, sitting at 3-5. and five And um, to see some different teams and see some different student athletes that are still in the panhandle but not really teams that we cover too often um it was good to get them kind of in the spotlight and get a different i guess uh game on there so that was fun um and it was kind of entertaining at times so yeah i thought that aiden kane had a really good first half passing the ball he was over 200 yards he had that pick six right before the end of the half when they could have driven down the field and i think tied the game up or at least made it a one-point game. But instead, he throws the pick six. You know, the interception, it was underthrown. But the offense should have been able to make a tackle on the way back and kept him out of the end zone. But that's completely shifted the game from you could have made it, you know, tied or one point. And instead, Hampshire goes into the half up by two touchdowns. And then from there, I think Kane just kind of lost his composure. Couldn't really get the rhythm back on offense from there. And Hampshire's offense also kept running the ball well. They had some big plays, uh, even a couple big passing plays. And they could just, Berkeley Springs just kind of only held it together for most of that first half, but then couldn't put it together for four quarters. Yeah, once you saw that pick six to end that second quarter, you could kind of see that Berkeley Springs really lost its confidence after that, it seemed like. It was a big drive for them to start that third quarter if they were able to score there maybe they had a little bit of hope but once they got out of that it kind of just went downhill from there it really seemed like they kind of went away almost too because of a few injuries from I think the deep ball we didn't really see that even though you saw at the start some big plays really opened some things to where your two touchdowns were both because you were at the one yard line for quarterback sneaks and both of those were because of big plays you had what the 63 or 60 plus yard to yep. Jake uh Shiki for the first touchdown to get for Aiden Kane's quarterback sneak and you just didn't really see that in the second half no big plays bursting open on the Berkeley Springs side compared to the Hampshire side so Hampshire gets the win 42-19 Came down to four turnovers, though, for Berkeley Springs and totaled uh, zero for Hampshire. Yep, lost. you lost the turnover battle by four, and you lost by four touchdowns. So, Yeah, who knows? Could have been a different kind of game if they were able to not turn it over as much. But, um, you know, obviously that played a big factor in it. Uh, let's move on here. Spring Mills gets another good win for the Cardinals over University. They will most likely climb the rankings a little bit with this win. And, of course, University, a solid team. They're going to drop to three and four. Um, but for Spring Mills, I think I expected this to be a little bit closer. You know, I wasn't really sure what to uh, 
excuse me, think of this Spring Mills team. Not that that was a bad game last week uh, against Frankfurt, but I was a little surprised that it was still a very close game since it is a bigger school, but we know Frankfurt's a very solid team um, in double A. So I wasn't sure, you know, how this one would play out, but considering University, you know, beat Spring Mills last year and, uh, you know, really pulled away in that game, I thought they would at least be close, even though I think the Cardinals were the better team heading in and were going to win. Um, but Spring Mills really just kind of dominated this one. It seemed like keeping track of the score from start to finish. So a good win uh, for this Cardinals team to go on the road against a solid program and not only win, but win by multiple scores. I think it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's incredibly impressive. Max Anderson putting together an incredible season. And no, I think this is where we can kind of bring back in those other games that we saw around the state this week i think the winner of spring mills martinsburg could end the season number two in the state i think yeah it could happen either way obviously martinsburg being undefeated that could shake out that way but then cabell midland was upset by a hurricane and you know huntington was going to you know go up to number one be undefeated they still play cabell midland and hurricane so let's say huntington does what they you would expect them to and win both of those games those teams drop down spring mills martinsburg the winner of that likely takes that next spot after that against you know as opposed to a two loss cabal two loss hurricane or morgantown after they just lost again this week dropping down from number four wherever they end up falling i think there's a very good chance cardinals versus bulldogs ends up being for the number two spot in the state at the end of the year going into the postseason and clinching that home field advantage up until wheeling island potentially and things are still going to get potentially even more interesting than that and there is still i think a chance that a martinsburg or if spring mills were to somehow pull off that upset uh get the number one spot because huntington still has to play both cavill and hurricane so um those are going to be right? tough games now hurricane could jump an undefeated Martinsburg team for the one spot, but I feel like that would really just be close. And I don't know how much it would help the Bulldogs or hurt the Bulldogs playing only nine games this year, but it would be kind of interesting to see that. So um, definitely, you know, looking forward to seeing how things play out when you, when you talk about the standings and stuff, but back to spring mills, just real quick here and, and what they've done. I mean, the improvement from last year, this year, just, I mean, to show you in this game alone, now university's changed a lot. They had a division one tight end that that was on their team last year. Uh, you know, a lot of changes from last year, but it was a 35, 13 game last year in favor of university. And this year it's a 49, 14 win for spring mills. So it just shows how, how big of a jump this team has made from last year, this year. Yeah. The ground game was really the best part of spring mills win from what I heard against university which sets up an intriguing matchup. I, I feel like Spring Mills might be able to compete comparatively to everybody else in the EPAC. I don't know if I still say that it's going to be close because we haven't seen really any close games for anybody within the Eastern Panhandle going up against Martinsburg. It just seems like Martinsburg has too much talent. Can they run the ball? Can Max Anderson do what he does is the big question mark. I'm looking says, forward to it. He's definitely a talented player, 
but is it enough? I mean, they lost 63 nothing last year, so it's like how much closer can they really make it in a one year? Yeah, we right. did see that Dylan Harris had some success running the ball against the Martinsburg defense, you know, scrambling out on passing plays, but that was kind of the only thing that Jefferson was able to get going much on offense against the Bulldogs. So, and then, of course, week one, Jefferson edged out a win against Spring Mills, so... Go, if you go off of that, obviously it's week one versus yeah. you know now. But if you want to go off of that, you could say, well, if Jefferson and Spring Mills was such a close game, you would expect close, yeah. the teams to be on similar levels and that there would be a similar outcome as what Jefferson had against Martinsburg, Spring Mills against Martinsburg. So I think still Martinsburg goes in as a heavy favorite against the Cardinals, but you never know. Yeah, if I was like making a prediction right now, I'd, I'd say like forty-two, fourteen makes some sense. Like some type of score like that, where yeah. it's probably not going to be sixty-three nothing like it was last year. And there's probably some moments where Spring Mills competes maybe early in the game, but ultimately, it's just hard to see like Martinsburg losing or it even being super competitive. Now maybe we're wrong. I mean, Spring Mills has had this same core for three years now. Maybe they're at a point where they can make it close to the Bulldogs. I don't know. It will really tell us a lot more about this team because while they have some good wins on their schedule, we haven't seen them against the typical powers in the state, and we haven't seen them against the Bulldogs yet. So, you know, there's kind of three or or two tiers toward the top, right? There's Martinsburg and then there's and and probably Huntington that are in that tier one, I'd say, and Gavel yeah. Midland probably as well, and maybe a few Tier-down, others. Yeah. But and then there's like tier two where it's like, you know, the Morgan Towns, the teams that are good, but probably not better than those teams and would yeah, probably Bridgeport, lose by multiple Hurricane, scores. Yeah. You know. Hurricane maybe in that tier one this year. I'm not maybe. I'm not certain. I know they have a pretty good quarterback, so um definitely, you know, an interesting scenario here, but uh moving forward we uh are definitely looking forward to that game this Friday, so it should be fun. Uh, but Musman gets a win in an ugly game against Hedgesville, 6 nothing, winning on the final play of the game on a fumble that goes over the head, on a snap that goes over the head of Dalton Harper, and then Musselman recovers it and takes it into the end zone. I mean, that's just a crazy way to win a game on the last play of the game. Uh, 6 nothing victory for the Alman. We knew Musselman had to go in and get a win if they, or both teams really had to get a win this week if they wanted any shot at the playoffs. We, Dylan and I kind of debated last week, you know, would Musselman stand a chance against Jefferson? I know there was rain in this game, but only winning 6 nothing really doesn't give you a lot of confidence that their offense can keep pace with a Cougar team that's going to put up points um, and has a lot of explosive athletes. So it's still a good win for the Appleman, and who knows, maybe they are able to play good enough defense again this week to grind out a win. But it's looking like now I, I would say that Jefferson probably takes care of business against Musselman, but it should be still interesting and i think for the appleman i mean they do kind of survive with this win and with their strength of schedule maybe they can find their way in as a 16 seed it's possible man hedgesville the end of the game like that i think you have no points up on the board your offense hasn't gotten any points i, I just take a knee and i take it to overtime at that point i don't know it, it without having where... seen the full setup of the play but you know when you at least hear that it was the last, you know, as time expired, snap over the head, and defense takes it back for a touchdown. My thought is I would have just settled for overtime at that point. 
because it didn't from the view that I saw of the play, it didn't seem like they were in scoring position. Yeah. They were they were you know on their own side of the field. At that point, I just you know put yourself whatever is it, it was it 20, 25 yards away from the end zone, just battle in that little area, see who can put up points then, so you don't have to work your way entire entirely down the field. But it's a tough, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, way. I mean, look. It, you know, it's a really tough situation, and it's it's tough to snap the football in the rain, no matter what the field is, whether you're playing on turf or not. And then to snap it in shotgun is even tougher. Yeah. Um. So you're right. They probably should have went under center there at least if you're going to run a play. I don't know you know, how many plays they have under center, how much they're operating out of the shotgun. Kind of that could be a thing. But even if you fumble the snap under center, it's most likely not going to be returned for a touchdown. Um, so, you know, it's just, you know, a tough play there at the end, probably, um, a bad decision there, but you know, one decision did lose you the game, but also, you know, in a game where you can't score, I mean, or neither team can score, you know, something's going to give there at the end. So I'm reading the, uh, article here and I I know we're talking a little bit about how the game ended. It was the bad snap over Harper's head that led to Colton Shelton returning, fumble i did not realize up until now just reading this article that there was a little bit of controversy here on this fumble at least on hedgesville's side apparently um they think it should have been an illegal play because they're saying that the ball was kicked during the Mm. fumble to advance the ball and here's coach faircloth we might have to ask him this later on this week but his quote in the uh journals pretty big statement we just lost a game on an illegal play you can't kick the ball when it's a fumble to advance the ball i'm done being nice about things that cost our kids a hard-fought game that shouldn't have ended that way wow i mean without having seen the play i mean if it it goes on to also add all you had to do was watch the play and you see it happen the official on our sideline agreed with it and then the white hat overturned him. Something's got to be done. Wow. And it sound from the sounds of it, you know, I saw a, you know, Matt Miller while we were at Shepherd uh, showed a showed us a view of the play happening. It was kind of grainy, couldn't really quite see what was going on there, but he's right if that's what happened. I mean, that's not you're not supposed to be able to kick it forward like that and then pick it up. Yeah, I'd have to see it. I'm trying to maybe yeah, I, I haven't seen pull up huddle or a video. something. But uh, yeah, that's definitely you know a crazy way to end. And obviously, if that was what um, is it went down, you know that's a tough way to lose. But we'd have to, I guess, find a video or have somebody maybe show us a, a better view. Um, but yeah, tough loss there. Um, you know competitive game but that's unfortunate that if that is the case that's how they ended if that's actually what happened you know that's a tough way to lose and an unfortunate way to end a game but moving on jefferson able to get a win we knew this would be tough taking on millbrook a solid team um and they get the win 35 to 28 over the the millbrook team so good win for the cougars uh we knew millbrook was really solid it would kind of be that back and forth game seemed like they were in control for the more majority of it from what i was able to pick up on um but they get the win there 35 28 and, and this jefferson team continues colin to be uh 
you know an impressive team and, and get good wins yeah this was a big win i talked about they've been challenging themselves against these solid teams from out of state millbrook being one of them going into that matchup they were five and one jefferson was four and two jefferson gets a road win to improve to five and two you look at the rest of the schedule musselman we all i think can agree should be jefferson taking that one clarksburg probably the same washington probably the same so if things continue to go the cougars way they're sitting at the end of this year eight and two potentially with another home playoff game these athletes staying healthy it's a great win for this team and something that really at this point of the season gives the cougars great momentum going forward too Right, they're a really good team. Obviously, you get kind of thrown off after you play Martinsburg and you lose by a lot of points. But again, we just talked about how we could see a 42-14 to 14, you know, type of prediction for Martinsburg against Spring Mills, who will probably be ranked you know, third or fourth in the state this week. That doesn't, you know, it doesn't say that you're a bad team if you get blown out by Martinsburg. A lot of people do. So they recovered well from that and they've been able to stack up the wins again. They're still one of the best teams in the state. Yeah, I was trying to see if there was any uh, video of this of this play. I was looking for that Max too. Yeah, all huddle, I see I is see in that journal article there might have been something posted on Twitter by a player, but it wasn't the best quality footage. Yeah, I would presume they have film from it, but probably haven't posted it yet or whatever the case may be. So maybe we can ask Coach Rickhoff or Coach Thomas for a clip of the the final play. So in the the journal, it refers to Associate Vice President of Campus Services at Shepherd University, Jack Shaw, posted a a video of the final play. And, you know, Shelton for for Musselman seems to say that the, the ball hit off of his knee and that's what happened and while the play was going on, while he was running after the ball. And Jack Shaw, in the journal, it says that that seems to be corroborated by the video, the, the video yep. uh, hitting his knee, not a, a kick. I'm looking at the video, and I, I kind of agree. Okay. I think it seems like he's running after the ball. And the as as the play unfolds, it's you know Harper diving after the ball and Shelton running after it as well and then you kind of it's hard to really tell for for certain but I, I kind of can see how there may have been a gray area there and the, that wasn't called so yeah. it, it could kind of go either either way but I mean it's high school football what are you gonna do um you know there's no booth review there's not a hundred angles of it like the NFL right there's going to be missed yep. calls in a high school game. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate if that was a missed call or a correct call. You know, we really don't know for certain. So the officials are going to discuss it. They're going to say, hey, what would you see? And it's kind of like, hey, we didn't really see it clearly enough to say yes or no. What we originally ruled was touchdown. So we're going to keep it that way. I mean, that's kind of how high school football and high school sports on. Unf- you know, work and and you know it is what it is. I mean, obviously it's unfortunate if you're Hedgesville because you may look at it one way and or from your angle you saw it this way, but um, you know another person sees it a different way. So that's just kind of how high school sports work. And you know sometimes it, you're on the short end of the stick, but ultimately um, 
crazy way to end the game either way. And congrats to Musselman for getting the win. We'll see if maybe that momentum can carry them moving forward and a tough way to lose if your head just fell. That wraps up this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you by Parsons Ford of Martinsburg at 1400 Shepherdstown Road and online at ParsonsFord.com. They became number one by making you number one first, Parsons. Now, back to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We welcome you back here to the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini, Kyle McLaughlin, and Dylan Bishop hanging out on the show today. Let's jump into our second segment here of the show. Shepard getting a win over the Millersville Marauders, 33-17. to Good win for the Rams. And what was a, you know, another game where we talked about in high school, the rain on Saturday in that Musselman-Hedgesville game. This game was tied at three at halftime. Um, kind of some help towards Shepard there at the end. They end up getting that penalty after, well, kind of a weird scenario there where the play clock uh, wasn't rolling at the right time. The Rams have argued that they deserve more time. Ultimately, that doesn't really matter now. They end up putting up 33 points, but heading into halftime, it was kind of a shaky situation. But, of course, we had the fair catch interference, which helped Shepard get into field goal range. Bozick makes that field goal. We're tied at three between Shepard and Millersville. And then second half, uh, things just kind of fell apart for Millersville. They have a blocked punt. Robbie Hart able to get that, and the Rams get two points on the safety there. And then defensive touchdown later in the game Nathan Muley with the strip sack Kevin Kowser recovers for a touchdown and the offense started clicking as well so overall great second half first half was Shepard just kind of did enough to keep it close played you know we're adjusting to the elements and uh find a way to get the win so I feel like this is kind of the kind of game that we expected I think there's a lot of positives the Rams have the most rushing yards they've had all season on the ground, their two running backs combined for 179 yards uh, in total because of sacks. I think it was 152. Yep. So, uh, still really good. But, you know, the way college stats are is the sacks go against your rushing yards. If you get to the pro level, it's doesn't count. So, um, really, I think you, you look at it as 179 yards between the two running backs, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, I thought the, the second half was – very impressive overall the the offense is still seemingly having trouble putting putting together an entire game yeah so i mean you got the run game going i really like what i've seen from jordan barnett the last few weeks once he's gotten more carries now it seems like he's earning his way into more and more carries as the season progresses last couple you know last couple games and i could see him getting more and more as the season goes on We've seen kind of Nazir Russell fall out of the, the rotation, at least he, the last... He's injured. Okay. He's got a knee injury. Okay, so that, that explains it then. But Barnett stepped up then. So And, of course, Cam Dorner uh, missed the game, and he's going to miss this week and hopefully be back for Bloomsburg. But if not East Stroudsburg, that kind of you know messes with the wide receiver room a bit. But Barry Hill, Jeremiah Taylor have done a really good job stepping up. And Seth Morgan plays well enough. I think that, you know, he misses some throws here and there, but I think he's a very 
quality quarterback. Yeah. I think so. And the, the defense is starting to get more pressure, get more turnovers, uh, which we didn't really see in the last in the first couple weeks of the season. And they're rounding in the form, I think, in you know, into an overall good team in all three phases. Obviously, special teams has been great all season long, but the offense is starting to get better at putting things together through the air and the ground, both defense getting those turnovers and pressure. Uh, I like where they stand. East Stroudsburg is going to be a tough game in a couple weeks. Westchester should be a pretty tough game this week coming up. But I think this is still a team that has is well within range to finish 9-1 and one and get themselves a home playoff game. I'd say the only negative for the defense this week was... I mean, you look at the total, they gave up over 200 yards a lot on the ground. Yeah, the rushing attack. Yeah, yeah, the but, rushing, yeah I, didn't, I did not like the, the run defense. But. but a lot of those did come on some big plays, and then after they yeah. gave up those big plays, they typically held uh, Millersville out of the end zone. So I think... Yeah, there was that 95-ish yard yeah, run. 91, I think. 93. It was saying here yeah. on the stats, so... So there were some tough, you know, big plays given up, um, but they got into the red zone... They did what Shepard has done over the last few years. For the most part, bend but don't break. And, I mean, ultimately, if you can do that, uh, you're going to be in a good position. Also, Millersville is starting a freshman quarterback uh, who just didn't look like he was ready for that kind of defense, that kind of pressure. So, Mm -hmm. I think the Rams walk away with a really good win considering the elements. And, And a Millersville team that has a solid defense, it was a much closer game than that final score indicates uh, maybe if Footman plays, it's even closer. But special teams was the difference. It yeah. really came down to mm-hmm. that, and also a better day this week from the offensive line. I felt like too, which is something that you really like to see. And we'll talk with Wyatt Pelicano on Wednesday about because, as you said already earlier, it's the most rushing yard Shepard had. So you got to give credit both sides, the offensive line, really yeah. making those holes for the running backs who had really big days. And also the past two weeks, you saw Shepard give up five sacks. This week they only gave up two to Millersville. So definitely an improvement there as well, I feel like, to give credit to the offensive line for. Yeah, I yep. thought they did great up front. Um, you know, I feel like obviously run for that many yards uh they were the more physical team up front it seemed like and uh a lot of good blocks out there so you do mention the Dorner injury is big that they had heading into the week i think the biggest thing about about that um now cam's a great talent i'm not saying that he's not talented but they do have other guys that can replace his talent because badden is a really good receiver as well uh and barry hill but they miss his size a lot, I feel like, on the outside because now you really only have one guy that's above six foot that's going to, at least on paper, go up and make some tough catches. We know Cordell Batten has has uh, certainly had the ability to go up and, and make some catches, but losing Cam's size is big and also his playmaking ability definitely hurts, but they have enough guys that can replicate some of the things he does, uh, but losing that, that size is big on the outside, but... Uh, other than that, I feel like Shepard is, is fine offensively with these receivers that they can make it without Dorner for now. And obviously when he gets back fully healthy, it just gives them another guy that's that dynamic. Um, and when it comes to you know other things that I took away, I felt like uh, the corners have done a good job with all the injuries they've had. You know, Dante Harrison's out, Clayton Batten's out, uh, which were your two starting corners last year. And those guys showed some great things, but 
I thought uh, Christian McDowell played really well on Saturday, and I felt like Gianni Gamble, Gianni Gamble has played well. So this team has found some depth at that position, which in the past has been a little bit of an issue for them. So I think that's another positive to take away from this one. And punter uh, Ryan Barrick had a really good day. So Yeah, they needed yeah. him to. Kind of. And they, the field position battle always helps. So. Any other thoughts on this one? Or? No, just looking forward to your headbutting bowl this week. Yeah, looking forward to it. Westchester, a very solid team, a great program. So always a fun game, and, and Shepard returns home for homecoming. There's a chance of rain right now, but it's supposed to be in the morning, so hopefully it doesn't carry over into the afternoon and we can get a really exciting college football game. Let's take a break. On the other side of that break, we'll talk NFL football. Sounds good. Is this segment brought to you by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore. Cabinets, design, bedding, outdoor, living, family-owned and operated. Visit them at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg or online at Orsini's.com. Also, during this break, we will be giving away four tickets to this Saturday afternoon's game for the West Virginia Mountaineers as they take on Oklahoma State with kickoff at 3.30. All you got to do is call in here when we go to break, 304-263-6586, and you will win these four tickets to this week's game against Oklahoma State for the Mountaineers. You're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We welcome you back to the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop here on this Monday, October 16th. Colin, we got a winner on those tickets. Yes, we do. Congratulations to Ruth Sloanacre winning the four tickets to the WVU Oklahoma State game on Saturday at 3.30. So if you try calling in, they're already taken, unfortunately. Yeah. So apologies there to anybody else that might call in, even if it's at 5 o'clock, because sometimes that happens during the re-air of the show. We have people <laughs> calling in thinking that they can win the tickets. And yeah, we're not live they're at gone. 5. No, live at no longer fi- live at 5. Just re-aired from 5 to 6, live at noon. Yes. And that's if Colin puts it in the system. I did. It five. just unfortunately, wow. for some reason, still didn't play on Friday. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, under the whole here. Wow. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was mean. It was mean. But it was just, it was meant harmlessly. It's kind of like understand. how kind of like how the Titans got thrown under the Gus bus on oh, uh, yeah, yesterday. Did. That's I mean, Gus didn't have that many yards, <laughs> yeah. but they they lost to the Ravens is what I'm saying. It sounded good. He had 41 yards. Yeah, he didn't do anything. But they but won. And I think a lot of it did have to do with you know, I think this London thing about getting there the week of and not getting there on Friday seems to be the right move based on this season at least so far the teams that got there on Friday have come out flat so um, good job by coach Harbaugh to say hey last time we were here we lost 44 to 7 to the Jaguars when they stunk and they had Blake Bortles Uh, let's not do that again let's go out here let's get there the day of or the week of on Monday you know give us some time to adjust um, and then by you know Sunday we feel 
pretty normal. Now, will it affect things now? This week is another question, I guess, because I thought it was interesting that the Ravens didn't take the bye and elected to still play. And then, of course, they get a tough team in the Lions. But um, in terms of this game, I felt pretty good about it overall. I I feel like uh, defense has continued to be really impressive. Lamar looked great early, played a little bit worse in the second half, but still played good enough to get the win. Uh, Zay Flowers caught his first career touchdown. Um, And, you know, you walk away and and you got a win over a team that you felt like you were better than. So, and it wasn't really ever in doubt, even though 2416 is a close final. I didn't really feel like the Titans were going to come back and win it. So, um, there was a little bit, I guess, in that third quarter where things looked a little shaky. But overall, uh, a good win for the Ravens yesterday. Yeah, probably after that interception is where yeah. it felt like, uh oh, they yeah. could maybe they could come back here. But no, overall, thought Lamar played great in the first half, solid in the second half. You know, he had that interception it was a bad it was a bad pass. That it was a tough interception though. I will say, I'll give credit to Sean Murphy Bunting for making a really good play on the ball. Not every corner is going to actually intercept that ball, but still, it was a missed throw. But that being said. I think the Ravens might have the second-best defense in the NFL behind the 49ers. Like, the stats certainly seem to back that up. Also, it's just Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen playing great at the inside linebacker spots. Jadevian Clowney has been a really good pickup. They had four and a half sacks overall, and they got Marlon Humphrey back healthy. Marcus Williams is basically playing with one arm and still making great plays. Geno Stone as the third safety has has three interceptions. And Kyle Hamilton's great as well. Just overall, the defense has been really impressive. Mike McDonald knows when to dial up blitzes. And I think that bodes really well for the rest of the season. Sitting at 4-2 and two now could very easily be 6-0. and oh Yeah, to probably should be. Yeah, they, they two losses that you shouldn't have had to the Colts and to the Steelers. But overall, I still feel really good. I, I'm a little more down on Todd Munkin than I was at the beginning of the year when, but obviously that you know I had high expectations because I really liked him. I think his his situational play calling hasn't always been the best, but I, I think the philosophical change he's brought to the offense has been much needed, and it's let Lamar shine more as a passer. Yeah, and I think maybe that's stuff that you can work out as the season goes on. Uh, I I do think it's possible that people may be overrated the wide receiver talent slightly yeah you were um, counting on odell beckham to be you know five years ago odell beckham he looks fine sometimes yeah but zay flowers is really the impressive guy here rashad yeah. bateman might still not be 100 percent. yeah i don't know what's going on with him nelson Aguilar still looks solid mark andrews took a while for him to get going and he still didn't have that much production but he's still Mark Andrews. Yeah. And the, the issue, I yeah. feel like, even though, granted, guys have come out two and one in the past three games, the second half offense has not been producing. It's now a combined 13 points in the second half in those three games. Yeah. I mean, I do feel like the defense has been the strength of the team so far, mm-hmm. which and, is good. Especially and Lamar. In this I mean, I know I've been critical of Lamar in the past, and I think part of that is because, you know, you start to. I guess expect the guy to be perfect, especially when they win MVP and, and he's not perfect, but he is really good. And I think sometimes you watch some of these other guys and you're like, wait a second, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy we have Lamar Jackson. So yeah, uh, he, he has clearly elevated his play. I feel like as a passer this season 
and a lot of that I think has to do with Munkin uh, so even though the offense may not be blowing you away every week when you just watch uh, the way they operate and the way Lamar uh, you know comes out throwing the football especially the first drives of the game in the first quarter they look great every every week so you know yeah it seems like at least their game plan heading into the week is, is working good early but then when the other teams make adjustments maybe they haven't adjusted as well and also in some of these games they've had injuries uh, to their offense throughout the game this week they kind of avoided that which was nice to see and and even though the offense was slowed down but you know you look back on it every single week there's been a major contributor or a starter getting hurt you know Dobbins gets hurt week one of course the offensive line loses two guys as well Beckham got hurt Bateman got hurt like it was like every game somebody was going down and and this week they avoided that uh, which was good to see so I think that might have something to do with that offensive drop-off too is that you're seeing new guys have to come into the game and, and guys get expended expanded roles that maybe weren't expecting that so you know that that can definitely contribute to it and, and i think now that they had a whole game where they were healthy and everybody was out there um maybe this team can start to pick up some momentum offensively but they also haven't played well at home so i'm concerned about how that's going to look this week but overall good win uh commanders i felt like were pretty good on sunday yeah, I was impressed, uh, especially by Sam Howell again on the road. No turnovers is something I like to see. The defense, especially the secondary, stepped up and forced uh, three interceptions, which is surprising because Desmond Ritter has actually done well at home. I believe I saw before the game, not only has he been undefeated at home in the NFL, he was undefeated at home in his college career too. So this being his first home loss. But Sam Howell, three touchdowns, no interceptions, more of a game manager. I mean, only 14 to 2351 yards, but three passing touchdowns is something that I love seeing from him. And then the three interceptions stepping up is this secondary. I, I didn't dislike what I saw from the defensive line. I still feel like you want to see a little more than three sacks. It just seemed like even though they were getting pressure at times, Ritter was able to get out of it. Yeah, I think that the commanders look pretty solid so far. I, I don't think you can complain too much. They're not, I don't see them as a playoff team in the end right. or anything like that, but solid win against the Falcons, who are a okay team them, themselves, both th- sit 3-3, three and three, which is yeah, about where they should be. Yeah, I think uh, I watched a little bit of the, an end of that game because I was watching a lot of red zones, so they were going toward it when it got close there at the end, and I thought – uh consistently Washington didn't want to just like they wouldn't just win the game (laughs) I don't know if that's how you felt about it Colin like they kept giving Atlanta opportunities there toward the end but the defense stepped up so um they got that interception in the end zone which was big yes uh and then they were able to get one more stop there at the end even though their offense couldn't quite put the game away so that was probably a little bit frustrating if you as you were watching but overall defense bounce back maybe they can you know build some momentum here but uh they do have the giants this week correct so yeah that's, on the road. that's a winnable game and, and we don't know what daniel jones's health status will be like but either way i feel like you have a chance to go in there and get a win and and who knows maybe they can find a wild card spot the nfc just like the afc right now is very much a lot of teams kind of around 500 so you know, yeah. it's not too crazy to see them maybe get one of the last spots in yeah but they could 
But you, obviously, the, the Vikings are one of those teams that have been struggling. Yeah. Uh, they're sitting now at 2-4, and four, all one-score games when they went 11-0 in them last year. And uh, that was a pretty notable game there for, yes. for reasons interesting for us. Tyson Bajan getting yeah, in the played. game. He played, and he scored a touchdown. He did. So he had he had the two turnovers. He you know he had the strip sack for the fumble that ended up being the difference. Wasn't really his fault necessarily. I mean, he still fumbled the football, he, which you can't hold, do. But he's got to hold on to the ball. But <laughs> literally, as soon back, as he took a snap, he was gonna get killed. The running back picked up nobody in the protection. Left tackle immediately got yeah. got beat, and Tyson gets nailed by uh, by the the edge rusher coming off past the the left tackle. So you you got to hold on to the ball, but him getting sacked there it was it good he stepped up and you know yeah, it wasn't moved in the pocket. dodged the one tackler but just ran into the edge rush yeah, yeah, it's it a it tough was. way to start your career but. yeah he had that and then the interception towards the end when they were trying to come back it was underthrown he did have a man in his face again so the offensive line didn't play great uh overall the pass protection wasn't always there but still it was an underthrow tough play that's it's a rookie mistake uh, yeah. he, that was a rookie looking pass but outside of those two plays i thought he looked good yeah I 10 14 83 yards had the touchdown yeah it certainly I think he starts this week because it, it, it seems, seems like, like fields, fields yeah dislocated thumb it seems to be the prognosis he wanted to come back into the game but couldn't grip the ball so I don't. I really don't know. I mean, it's his throwing hand, so that might have to fully recover before he comes back. So it seems like Tyson's going to get the start of game. They didn't ask him to do a whole lot yesterday, but towards the end, that last drive, let him throw it down the field a little bit, lead them passes to DJ Moore. Thought he looked solid. Something to build on. Yeah, Short on time, I, so I think we it was get definitely exciting to see him out there. And congratulations to Tyson, and, and we're continuing to root for his success here moving forward. Uh, but yeah, Colin, go ahead and send us to the break. This segment brought to you by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Visit them online at HagerstownFord.com. Back for our final minute after this. Now, back to the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Go. I thought you were going. Why I thought I... you were going. Okay, I'll go. I guess this uh, <laughs> last go. 40 seconds brought to you by the Myriad Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors. John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call me at 304-263-4343. That wraps things up for the show. For Dylan Bishop, Nick Verzellini, I'm Colin McLaughlin. Other side of this, we have the Neil Brown Press Conference, right? Yes. Any last set words? Ten seconds? Go ears. I mean, Colin, you said you were going to read and, and I thought you were, end the show. This so. is WRNR Martinsburg. I'm sorry. 